What's up, everybody? Welcome to another episode of A Link to Our Pasts. I am your host, John Bernardo, and this week we have a very, very special guest, uh, CEO of What's Good Games and part of the Kind of Funny Games Daily Crew, Mrs. Andrea Renee. How are you? I'm well, thank you. Thanks so much for having me. Thanks so much for coming on. I really, really appreciate it. Um, so just to the audience that doesn't know the show, basically what we do on the show is uh, each week I spoke, speak to a different guest and we dip into the gaming origin story, if you will, find out where they started, where they came from, and uh, we just go from there. We just keep it nostalgic. Um, so Andrea, what are, where I usually start the show is I ask you, what's the first game you remember playing? The first game I remember playing is probably similar to a lot of people's, which was Super Mario Brothers for the Nintendo Entertainment System. The original one, uh, or are you talking about the? Sorry, you're t- you're talking. You're not talking about the um, the uh, sides, not the side scroller one. The other, the original original one, just Mario Brothers. You're talking about Super Mario with Bowser and all that. Yeah. Okay, I've I've had some somebody before mention the Super Mario Brothers, and I started going into it with them about Super Mario Brothers. Turns out it wasn't Super Mario Brothers; it was the original. It was the original Mario Brothers. Yes, well, I mean, the name of the game is Super Mario Brothers. That's on NES. That's the original console release. Oh, okay, and the original one. You know, I'm I feel like an idiot. I feel like I should know this. Yeah. The, the original one is just Mario Brothers. It's Super Mario Brothers. I'm looking at the key art right now. Oh. <laughs> so, okay. I got you. I got you. I don't know. It's just a little... <laughs> I don't know what other game you could possibly be talking about. I am I am talking about <laughs> the one where it's just there's the POWs in the middle of the screen. Oh, the POWs in the middle of the screen. You don't know which one I'm referring to? No, I guess not. There's the a very the first original one where it was the black screen. And You're talking you, about the arcade game? Yes. That's the one I'm talking about. Oh, no, no, no. Uh, console. I'm talking about the console release. Okay, okay. Yeah, that, that, that's what I was saying. So, there was a point where I mentioned that and, and someone thought I was uh, it was the other way around. So that's why I always clarify with people when they say Mario Brothers and I, Super Mario Brothers, and I ask them, which one are you talking about? The only one worth mentioning. Come on now. There you go. There you go. <laughs> How um how did that come into your life? Did, was it uh, something that your parents got you or a cousin or a brother? So I did all of my video game playing as a child with my father. Um, he was a very stereotypical bachelor dad. My parents got divorced when I was one years old. So um, I didn't really get to spend a lot of time with my dad uh, growing up as much as I would have liked to, obviously. But the time that we did spend together, um, some of my fondest memories were when we played video games. And we always kept the consoles at my dad's house. It was my mom's way of making sure I didn't play too many video games. And um, everything that I played with him growing up is something that we would do together until I started to get so good, he stopped playing with me because he didn't like getting beaten by you- his like 10-year-old daughter. <laughs> <laughs> you took all the fun out of it for him. Well, I wouldn't say that. <laughs> <laughs> but he, he, his plan was to just play, someone to just hold a second controller and then it turned it into, wait a minute, you're better than me at this game now. <laughs> yeah, well, I mean, it was only a matter of time. Of course, of course. What was, uh, did your dad have a favorite game growing up? Was it Mario? My dad really liked the racing games and he also really liked Mike Tyson's Punch-Out. Oh, of course, classic. Yeah, Absolutely. 
did you uh was it was there anything that he was there any recommendations that he ever brought to you that he felt strongly about that you didn't quite click with the same you know that's a good question i don't think i ever asked him that he did play a bunch of games that we weren't allowed to play like oh. leisure suit larry <laughs> oh yeah <laughs> get out of the room daddy's playing a game I know. So uh, I look back on it now and I think it's really hysterical. But at the time I was like, why can't I play? <laughs> now I'm like, no, I wouldn't have wanted to play that game. <laughs> so it's not a game for you. <laughs> that's what that's what is. Well, I'm having a daughter soon, too. So I feel like some games like that are the games I'm going to be staying away from. Yeah, maybe you will start you off a little with Mario. <laughs> yeah, like leave Duke Nukem until her much later years. Yeah, yeah, I'm thinking like four years old, she'll probably play Duke Nukem. <laughs> oh, please, four. <laughs> Which is the perfect age, right? Um, so it, grow, growing up was, since he, since your dad was somewhat of a gamer, was you continuously getting different video game consoles as they released? Or was it more, um, he? did you guys go to Super Nintendo and, and so forth and so forth? Or did that kind of fade away as, as uh, you guys got older? We definitely looked forward to Christmas at dad's house. We almost always got the new consoles when they come out. And he tried to always put it under the guise of, I'm getting it for the kids. But in reality, <laughs> we knew that he was getting it for himself. But we were predominantly a Nintendo family. And I think that's mostly just because of when um, in the history of video game consoles I started playing. So started with. NES, went to SNES, got a Game Boy, got the Nintendo 64. We did have a Genesis and a Dreamcast for a very brief amount of time. <laughs> but we ended up getting rid of a. I did have a Game Gear as well. Um, we had pretty much all the gaming stuff, but um, some of the things we just spent a lot more time with than others. And mm -hmm. I never had the original Xbox or the original PlayStation. But I had, I got a PS2 and then, of course, um, a 360. But um, that was the one part of the generation of consoles that I just kind of missed because I was in high school going into college and was really just focusing on school and just playing the games that I knew and loved and not really venturing out into anything new. Did, did you feel by missing those games that, that, did you ever go back to them or did you feel like you missed out on them or did you just kind of only play the ones that came out with a remaster or an HD remake? Uh, you know, I definitely missed out on a lot. Uh, I also spent a fair amount of time PC gaming. Uh, I did a lot of playing on PC with my dad as a kid as well. I wasn't just a console gamer. I mean, you really couldn't be back then. There just yeah. wasn't enough to play. Uh, and all the good stuff was really on PC as it kind of is today. Um, but, um, you know, I definitely missed out on quite a few things. And I, and I don't think it's because I didn't have those consoles. I think it was because I just didn't have time yeah. to play games all the time. Because when I was younger, I was involved in a lot of extracurriculars. I did sports. I did theater. I did a bunch of things when I was in school. Um, and I think that that was, you know, at the time, that was my prerogative. And now I have, uh, you know, a little bit more time to play games because I'm not like, you know, in the concert choir and playing on the soccer team and things, and things like that. But um, I do like to see how there's been some remasters on collections and things like that. We were actually just talking about this pretty recently on um, Kind of Funny Games Daily um, after the success of the Crash Bandicoot reboot, if they were going to start doing this with other games and talking about like, well, there's a lot of classic games that probably don't need to come back yeah 
And they're not always as fondly as you remember them. There's plenty, you know, you'll you'll pick it up and, oh, I used to love this game as a kid. And then you pick it up and you realize the mechanics are broken and it, it's unfair. There's so many things that, I guess, as growing up, we've grown accustomed to as gamers. So when you go back to these old games, you think that you'll be better at this game, but you're not. You're just as bad right. as you were when you were a kid. It's true. <laughs> if not, maybe worse. <laughs> yeah, I've I told there's I still have not beaten the original Castlevania. I can't do it. There's lots of games I just can't beat. Thirty years later, you still just can't do it. Well, it's okay. I'm only slightly judging you. Yeah, so I try from time to time. I go back. <laughs> I try again, and I try again. Never happened. One the one I'm most disappointed about would probably be the original Ninja Turtles on NES. Mm, okay. Still can't be. I can't get past the damn level. <laughs> well, you know, there's walkthroughs now. There wasn't when we were kids, but... No, yeah. But, well, there are the walkthroughs, but I, I feel like there's no walkthrough that can help me through that game. I actually got a Game Genie. Yeah, I got a Game Genie, and I tried to beat it with the Game Genie, and the Game Genie didn't even let it happen. If The game froze um, maybe like halfway through the game. It's trying to, teach, it's trying to tell me something. I, I'm not meant to play it. Well, maybe you should listen. <laughs> <laughs> I, I guess I should. I I thought I could cheat the system. Uh, were you? Did you use any of those kind of things growing up? Game Genie, Game Shark, any of those? You know, I don't remember. Um, I really just remember the games that I played because I remember obviously the magazines and buying like the guides at the game stores, but I don't remember Game Genie specifically. Was there? Um, was there were you more uh so you said you dipped into you had sega but you got your family was more of a nintendo family when starting out correct yeah nintendo and pc what was your first handheld the the original game boy the uh the gray and green if you will oh yeah we definitely had that did you have a a favorite game off that one is there one like one that sticks out or just tetris (laughs) i mean obviously everybody played tetris but um i mean there were a couple of other games that I remember playing. I can't remember. Was that that's where the Super uh, the Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles game was? Correct. There was there was one on there. Another I think it was called the Manhattan Project on there as well, which was a solid solid game. Just you know, typical walk around beat 'em up. Yeah, it was it was Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles Fall of the Foot Clan. That's the one. Yeah, Manhattan Project's on NES. You're right. Well, there we go. I played a lot. Yeah, I played a lot of that game. <laughs> well, well, when you're young, you have that one game. It's now, you know, especially as we have disposable income and people like you in the gaming industry, you get all these games and you you play with it and you'll play for a few hours. And then after that, all right, I need another game to play. I need another game to play here. <laughs> but back then, yeah, you had that one cartridge. You're going to burn that thing into the ground. Absolutely. Uh, I actually, uh, I'm going to dip into real quick uh, a question I had from Twitter uh, from Logan Wilkinson. Um, he he wanted to ask, uh, what's your favorite bad game from your youth? The type of game that everyone but you has forgotten apart, uh, but that helps to find a place in your youth. So a really bad game that if you were to tell people today, you know, they would completely dismiss you. But to you, it really means a lot to you. Well, I don't know if it, this one is a bad game, but it certainly probably doesn't hold up today like it did then. But I played so much of The Legends of Carandia. And I've never heard of that. Yeah, so this game is a, kind of a weird game. So it's a point-and-click classic adventure game uh, mm-hmm. developed by Westwood Studios, published by Virgin Games. 
And it kind of centered on this magical kingdom where you're fighting this evil jester. And you kind of, you know, have to solve these puzzles and walk around. And you have these weird conversations with people. Um, And I spent like a lot of time in that game. And it was when we were talking about doing this podcast, I was trying to remember the specifics of the game. And I went back and watched some gameplay videos and I was, and all the music and everything just came flooding back to me. And I was like, Oh my gosh, I spent way too much time playing this game. I also played a lot of, um, are you afraid of the dark? Uh, I don't they know. They made a game out of that? Yeah, it was really good. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, okay. It was I'm, really good I'm at the Canadian. time. I'm Canadian. So I watched the show as a kid. I've, all, all the time, but I did not know there was a game of it. Yeah, it's um, um, it was a another like kind of like point and click, um, adventure game, and it was it's just crazy to think about how different PC games were back then. How you'd like load everything up through DOS, and you had to like know how to write yeah. in DOS. <laughs> the floppy disk that was really oh floppy. yeah yeah the big square ones. Um, yeah, and there was there was like the six of in them the in the box. Um, yeah, so, I mean, that that was a game that I played a lot of. I actually ended up making three of those games. Um, yeah, it was good, though. But I, I, I really, really? like the game. So if wow. you guys haven't played uh, it, it's actually available on GOG. Wow, yeah. Yeah, I've never, I've, I mean, I've never really dabbled into the point and click too much, but I've definitely, I've heard of, you know, Broken Sword and things like that, but I've never heard of that one, so that's a, that's a new one. Yeah, you should check it out. Definitely, if I can get a version for Mac. <laughs> <laughs> Well, it's on it's on GOG.com, so it might be available for Mac now through like an emulator or something. Oh, okay. You never know, um, right? There's no harm in checking. Yeah. Exactly. <laughs> um is was there going picking back on the consoles, was there a specific console to you that you felt when when I like when I brought this to you and I said we're gonna talk about your your retro gaming, is there that one console that to you is who you are as a kid that you have the fondest memories with? Um, I'm sorry. Could you repeat that question again? Yeah, I need a, an extra second to think about it's, it. It's okay. It's okay. Um, so with all the consoles you've had, uh, well, let me back it up again. When I brought this show to you and, and you were good with it, uh, you knew we were going to talk about retro systems. What is the, the first console that comes to your mind? That's the one that means the most to you that has the most memories with you and that, resonates the most with you does that make more sense yeah it's a it's a tough question to answer because i think it would have to be probably between the nintendo 64 and the xbox 360 and i know the 360 is probably a little bit too new to be considered like a link to the past worthy but um um i spent a lot of time gaming with my sister and my dad really, I spent a lot more time gaming with my sister because, you know, like a lot of parents, the video game console kind of acts as like a de facto babysitter in certain occasions. So you're like, my dad's like, I'm going to go watch football. You two go play the console downstairs. (laughs) And so it was how my sister and I spent a lot of time together, um, playing a, a bunch of different games and really kind of bonding over that love of video games and we're still able to play video games to this day together which is excellent even though we live you know thousands of miles apart from each other now because I live in California and she's you know back home in North Dakota where we grew up 
you know, the power of online multiplayer yeah. has really given us an opportunity to continue to kind of keep that bond going. Um, but that console kind of, I remember when they announced it and everybody just like jaw drops. Oh my gosh, 64 bits. Can you <laughs> even imagine what it's going to look like? You guys, it's going to blow my mind. And um, I remember when Mario came out on, on 64 and it was just so magical having that feeling of um, kind of jumping up in the technological spectrum from what we saw on the SNES up to the 64 and really seeing what that meant for, for gaming, not only for me as like a Mario yeah. fan and, and loving Nintendo, but also like how it kind of really paved the way for modern gaming as we know it, you know, games like GoldenEye or Turok and then of course you have F-Zero and a whole bunch of other games that are iconic in their own own way um donkey kong so to speak lots of games but that was at a point in my life i think where i was old enough to actually kind of really remember these games and the impact that they had and the relationship that i had not only with the games but with my sister at the time when we were playing these games so definitely nintendo 64 that yeah that, and that's a great answer because it, it was for a lot of people that i talked to here that that show that system was something very special because of what it was when it came out and what it really brought. Like you said, with Mario, how they brought it into 3D and those first-person shooter games, we never had any... Like, I mean, you could experience something of a... You know, you had your Dooms and your Wolfensteins, but nothing like of the caliber of what Goldeneye and Turok were. And, and then when they came out with Perfect Dark, you know, they just kept growing on it. I mean, now you go back and play any of those games, not having a right stick... Feel, feels archaic, right? It's, you can't play it, but it was well, yeah. I, yeah. <laughs> I, I, you can't go back and like compare it to what we're playing today. No, I think no. you have to look at it what it was doing for its time and yeah. how it led to where we are today. For sure. Um, I want to touch a base a, a bit with uh, the whole gaming with your sister. Um, did you guys have a younger a, a game growing up that you guys played a lot as co op or even competitive that you were always playing together? Well, we played a lot of Mortal Kombat against each other. Yeah. We played a lot of Super Mario Kart. Um, played lots of Mario Kart. Uh, we also played a lot of... Um, we had to take turns playing a lot of games like you know you had to do back then because there wasn't as yeah. many multiplayer games. But we enjoyed playing more strategy-based things. We played a godlike game called Populous. I don't know if you remember that game. Um, don't think I SNES. have. And we also played Doom, the RTS on PC. Played a lot of that. So you, do you we, say Doom or Dune? Dune. Oh, yes, yes. I remember Dune. Yeah, I was going to say Doom made an RTS. The sci-fi <laughs> franchise. No, not Doom. I actually never played the original Doom when I was growing up. I had to go back and play that as an adult. Because I really didn't get into shooters until much later in life. I played a lot of um, racing, strategy, platforming, puzzle, adventure games as a kid. We really just, the most violent game that we played was Mortal Kombat. And at the time, you know, we didn't really... Th Which was pretty violent for his yeah, time. Yeah, <laughs> well, you know, you, we say that as adults, but as kids, like, I don't remember it being particularly violent. I don't know why. Well, and some of them, well, some of them, I was actually speaking to uh, another guest, and he was bringing up to me that some of them were heavily censored, where some of them, nothing came out or sweat came out or red sweat came out but there was never there was only one there was only a few versions of the game that were actually that gory whereas the rest of them were kind of dumbed down so i don't remember which one i've played but 
that that could be why the memory is so foggy on how violent it was. That's possible. Or we could just be desensitized to the <laughs> violence, which is probably the be. more likely concern. But imagine the kids now, when when they get our age, what they're going to be desensitized to. Oh, yeah. If you think about a franchise like God of War and just how brutally violent <laughs> that game is, woof, the whole other level. I know. I've, I've seen kids go to Walmart and... Mommy, get me Grand Theft Auto. Mommy, get me, uh, get me Call of Duty. These games aren't kids that kids should be playing, but we'll see what happens in 15 years when those kids are making these games. Exactly. <laughs> um, so yeah, so that that's so. Who's the better gamer, you and your sister? <laughs> it depends on what we're playing. <laughs> we have our strengths and weaknesses in various games. So as adults, she kind of branched off. Um, into RPGs. So she's a big Final Fantasy fan. Uh, we did both bond over our love of Skyrim. And recently we both started playing, well, haven't started playing, we've been playing since the beginning, um, Paragon, which is the new MOBA from Epic. Oh yeah, I hear so you talk I wouldn't about it. <laughs> say that one of us is better than the other because she's absolutely better at certain things than I am and then I'm absolutely better at certain things than she is. It just depends on what we're playing. Yeah, it's it, it, yeah, it's based on your skill. You get Sometimes you're better than one at the other. Uh, I, I get where you're coming from on that. Um, going, just trying to dig into a question here. Um, is it what was your process when it came to picking a new game? What was it about a new game that grabbed you? You know, when I was a kid, I would look at the box art right away. I didn't look into what the game was like we do nowadays. Box art was good. I'd grab it. Was there something particular? Did you have a what? What like what was it that drew you about specific games? I don't even know. <laughs> um, I mean, obviously, box art is important. There's a reason why millions of dollars are spent on marketing video games every yeah. year. Um, but yeah, I don't have a good answer for you. I guess I, a lot of it is like, you know, you talk to your friends and what they're playing or you see what's, you know, in the magazines or what's sitting on the shelf or being promoted. Mm -hmm. And that's what we'd really like. I mean, obviously if it was a, a franchise that you knew, like for example, the Disney games on like NES or excuse me, SNES or Genesis, I mean, we all knew Aladdin. Yes. <laughs> so like when that game came out, yes. we were like, oh, we got to get the Aladdin game. Um, but other than that, I mean, I don't think anything stands out for me in particular. I wanted to actually, that, that, that's a good question uh, about um, about licensing games. So when we were younger, licensing games were great. Now they barely exist now. Um but do you, speaking of Aladdin, do you have? What do you mean they barely exist now? I mean, okay, I mean, what are you talking about? Think, well, think of, think about. Look at the giant Spider-Man game that PlayStation is making with Insomniac. No, 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 That's no. That's a huge. Sorry, sorry. Let me, let, let me. I'll back it up. I, I misspoke. I meant movie licenses, in the sense that, in sense, in sense that how we had the Spider-Man one game, Spider-Man two game, Spider-Man three game. Not like what Insomniac's doing. Different. That's a different thing that I'm talking about. I'm talking about like related to movies. Like There's still plenty of video games related to movies. They're just not good. <laughs> That's the problem. It's maybe why you, you think that they don't exist because you're blocking them out mentally. <laughs> I'm repressing like, that game them. Is trash. But back then, yeah. They I were mean, good, I think what, what we're seeing, well, I mean, no, they weren't. A couple of them were good, but My those memory. are the ones we remember, but not yeah. every single one. I mean, listen, The Lion King had a game, but it was no Aladdin. All right. They were two different. They were no, two different games. Right. I did. Um, I, was I, I, of, I was fond of Lion King, but Aladdin was a superior game. 
Yes, without question. Yeah. Fight me if you think otherwise. No, no, but, I agree. Um, <laughs> I, I think what's the difference between today and movies becoming video games and you know the glory days of yesteryear is that everything now is being pushed towards mobile since there are far more people in the world with access to a smartphone mm-hmm. than access to a video game console or a PC. Right, So there are billions of smartphones in the world. And if you are a movie producer and you want to get your mo- your movie-based video game into the hands of as many people as possible, it's a no-brainer to make it a mobile game. So so what you're saying is that the majority of these li- these movie license games are now now just living on the phones rather than polluting the systems as much as they used to be before? Correct. I mean, look at the Lego video games. They're all based on the movies pretty much. Yeah, but they're they're like fun spin-offs of them, right? They don't like the Lego when they do it like that, they make fun of it a bit more. They're not so serious about it. Well, I mean, what does that have to do with anything? <laughs> it should be it should be fun. Have you played any of the Lego video games? I am a I am a Lego fan. Yes, I'm a very big Lego fan. <laughs> well, good. I'm I'm glad to hear it. But no, I know what you mean though. Yeah, they are they, I get, I get what you're saying in that. So I guess I, my question is moot now because yeah, you're right. They, they do crap them out a lot. The Lego ones, especially. So I, I definitely see where you're coming from in that. I guess you're right. I guess I must've blocked it out and not have thought of it that way. Cause I used to, I remember in the Xbox PlayStation era, how there was always a tie in and how it's always garbage. And now I feel like they just take the franchises. They do license games, but not like the way they used to. And I feel like they're just a little bit better than they did in that that time frame when every movie had something. Sure. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know what else to say. It's okay. It's okay. You, you know what? You, you put me in my place. It's fine. <laughs> That's right. I did. <laughs> oh man. Um, I wanted to bring up the, and you guys talk about it a lot with the, uh, on kind of funny games daily about the SNES classic, NES classic, which by the way, congratulations on nabbing that. Um, is there besides those things, those those two consoles, what else do you think could come out into the marketplace that would give you that same urge, that nostalgic feeling like what you felt when you heard the music from your game, from your point and click game? What what is that one thing that you think would set you over the moon um, in, in feeling that ultimate nostalgic feeling? You know, it's interesting that you bring that up because we were talking about this recently and I just. I don't think that one thing exists because you think you know what that is, but then they give it to you and you're like, oh, um, actually, this is cool for like 15 minutes and then I'm kind of over it. Yeah. I think, you know, we look back fondly because memories are just that, you know, they're in the past and you remember the way that you felt right. in that time. But if you're to go back into that time in the place that you're at in your life now, inevitably it's never going to feel the same that emotion is never going to be recreated because that's just not the way that life works right and so you think about some of the things that you loved as a kid and then you go back and watch it like if we go back and watch like my little pony and care bear cartoon episodes i watch them and i'm like oh these are okay <laughs> but i loved it as a kid you know and so it's it, cuz you're just yeah. seeing it through different eyes and through a different perspective I mean, there's certainly plenty of games that I would rebuy, but then probably never play. You know, <laughs> You're like, just like I got it back. Now I can play it whenever I want. Well, that's I the beauty of, of places like GOG.com, you know, or Steam, 
or emulators that are available, you know, on PC is that you can play almost anything unless it's super mm. obscure. A lot of video games are still available. You know, so I, I just don't have a desire to go back and play all that stuff again that I spent, you know, that much time on. There's just too much new stuff coming out to, yeah. to spend time on. And with time so short, yeah, you want to, you have those memories, right? But in the end, you can just keep those memories as is and just move on and make new memories. Exactly. So ultimately, what you're saying is you like to keep the past in the past and just move forward. Yes. You make it sound so bad when you say it like that. <laughs> no, no, I didn't mean it that way. But what, what I'm saying is that, that one magical item does yeah. not exist for me. Like if somebody opened up a mystery box and was like, this is like your hopes and dreams from your favorite gaming memory. Um, I don't think that that would be enough of a draw for me because I don't think I have that one thing. But what I was what I was saying before was, um, but you did get an SNES Mini. No, and I, and I know you talked about it briefly well, before, but apparently I am. I have an email confirmation, but I don't think that means anything these days because I bought several of them. Excuse me. And then I got emails saying, oh, ha ha. We see that you ordered more than one. Just kidding. We're canceling all of your other orders. You only get one. And that one. Oh, we don't know if we're actually going to be able to ship it to you on time. It may come like a month later. I'm like, what? If you keep saying that, it's going to (laughs) happen. Well, it happened to me once. I I, got one of the Walmart pre-orders, and then they canceled it, and I got really angry. And then I got another one from Amazon, and we we bought a couple of them this time because we knew that there would be people who wanted them. And they emailed us, and we're like, we canceled part of your order. And like, that's that's the really unfortunate part about pre-ordering hardware, is that the retailers can just come in and say we're canceling your order and they have, there's no repercussion or justification or anything. They can do whatever they want. And that sucks. It does. I I mean, like I used to work for a major retailer and when something like that happened, we had to give everybody money. So I really don't understand why all these companies are able to get away with it like that because people, you know, committed to something, you sold something to them. You shouldn't be able to pull it out under their feet. They're able to get away with it because you signed a terms of service agreement that says, hey, we might cancel stuff on you sometimes. Are you okay with it? And it's buried under 20 pages of legal speak and you never actually read it. No, but still like you got to you have to still show face. You still got to, you know, you got to be nice. (laughs) Be nice to your customers. Yeah. Should, would, could. Well, we don't speak with our wallets. So that's that. Don't get me started. Well, on that note, um, it looks like we've we've gotten through your your history there and saw where you came from. I really appreciate you coming on the show and sharing all that with us. And I and I hope everyone listening has got all the information they want to hear, learning about your past. Um, if we all know you're from What's Good Games, but oh, let's uh, why don't you go ahead and plug all your stuff and let everyone know where they can find you. Sure. So the easiest way to keep in contact with everything that I'm doing is to follow me on Twitter at Andrea Renee. I usually post all of my links and everything there. I also host every week on Kind of Funny Games daily. We stream live on twitch.tv slash Kind of Funny Games, or you can watch that on YouTube or through podcast services. And of course, What's Good Games posts every Friday morning. And we do several other pieces of content on our Facebook page throughout the week. That's facebook.com slash What's Good Games. And I did find all three games of The Legend of Carandia on GOG.com. 
And if you buy all three, they're bundled and you get a discount. Oh. So you haven't played it and it says Windows and Mac. Okay. So now you're making me want to do a Twitch stream of this game. <laughs> Sorry. I might have to go back. Anyway, thank you so much for, for having me. And hopefully, you know, if people haven't checked out any of the stuff that I'm working on, please do come by. Say hi. No, of course. Uh, and honestly, though, the thanks is all mine. I really appreciate you making the time. I know you're one of the busiest ladies in the biz, as Craig says. <laughs> so um, yes. I really, really appreciate you making the time. And um, I, I appreciate all the work that you guys do. And good luck with everything with What's Good Games and Kind of Funny Games Daily. And congratulations on the uh, the PAX panel coming up this weekend all that stuff I wish you guys nothing but the best of luck well thank you so much alright well uh, thanks everyone for listening uh, this has been Electoral Pass you know where to find me at John S. Bernardo on Twitter you can uh, check out the website that hosts us it's www.pardonthegamer.com where you can find reviews and blog posts um, until then thanks for tuning in bye everybody bye